0: In a world of instability, God's word is what we stand on because it was given by the Holy Spirit. God's presence lives in us as we accept Christ and and walk with him and we experience a different way of life.
1: Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Lance Wigton, the Communications Director here at Real Life Ministries. And again, I'm here with my good friend, Jim Putman, who is the lead pastor here at Post Falls. Uh, today, Jim, we're going to talk about what does the Bible say about the Bible? So, uh, that's a little different. If I look at our doctrinal statement, uh, right off the shoot, it talks about how we uh, believe the Bible be, uh, to be infallible and, and I can't remember what the other word is. Inerrant. Our- Inerrant, which are big words, uh, but we have it at the top of our doctrinal statement, and
0: why, why do we have it right off the bat? Well, because when you're going to talk about doctrine, um, everything else that we believe mm-hmm. comes from the Bible. So the reason we believe what we believe about, whether it's the sanctity of life or how a person gets saved um, or who Jesus is, it all comes from the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. So if the Bible isn't inerrant and infallible, um, and it didn't, you know, God didn't give it through inspired writers and protect it, then how do we know anything else in our doctrinal statement is true?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if 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 something's if something's not true in this work, then we can't hold on to anything as being true. Then
0: yeah, and that's an important. Uh, distinction. Now, again, you, you, we're going to get into a little bit later how you interpret things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the Bible is not meant to be taken literal in every sense. So you have to read it in the way it was intended by the writer. Mm-hmm. And I always have to be careful even about that. When Jesus tells a parable, um, it's a parable. It's mm-hmm. not meant to be taken, you know, literal. It's a it's a lesson from a story. You know, sometimes he uses poetry and, uh, you know, apocalyptic mm-hmm. sorts of writing. So there's a genre. Of writing, and it's given by God, and there's a point a literal point to be taken from it, but not not everything in the scriptures is meant to be taken um as though it's literal in the sense of you know so but our our church says that, and
1: I think I think that's great well, I guess what I'm curious about is uh people really when they're when they're moving or they're you know they're they're going to change a church for whatever reason. Uh, they have to find out first what our church believes. now, right. a, a, And churches say, well, we believe the Bible, but the variance on actually the things they believe on different topics that are uh, especially kind of hot topics in the culture right now mm-hmm. varies so much. So wh- wh- why is there this variation? Shouldn't we all
0: be uh, basically on the same page if we're reading the same book? Well, yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of reasons why I think that is. Um and we could go into those, but really what we're saying is this. Um, when we're reading the scriptures, we want to read it uh, with what we would call proper hermeneutical approach, which is um, there's, there's actually rules for interpreting scripture.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, if you're going to read the scripture, you have to go, okay, what was the language it was written in? What, what are the nuances of that language at the time it was written?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's called the grammatical principle. There is what's called the the uh, synthesis principle. You don't just read on one one passage of scripture and then exclude whatever else the Bible says about it uh, in other places. On that topic. on that topic. Mm-hmm. So if you're, for instance, you're talking about divorce, um, scripture has something to say about divorce, and it's not just in found in one place. Mm-hmm. You take all of it together and you create. On that subject, what is the final standing on God's perspective?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, again, in one place, it's not contradictory. It's never meant to be contradictory. It's you know, marriage was meant to be forever, a covenant partnership between you and God, so that you have godly offspring. You know, and and and, and so God hates divorce. Mm-hmm. But when you go to to Scripture, you also find out that there are reasons why a divorce is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Very narrow reasons, right? It's not, I didn't like my wife or she was mean to me or whatever. It's um, adultery. Mm-hmm. It's if somebody leaves you for being a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so there's specific reasons. So you take the whole subject together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: One of them, uh, of the rules for proper interpretation of Scripture is, is called the historical principle of hermeneutics it says again what was going on at the time in the place mm-hmm. what did the word mean at the time and it, it, when you understand what was happening in the context of what was happening and you understand the um uh the entire story you understand the language it was written in you get a better understanding of the the interpretation of the scripture and that's absolutely true mm-hmm. um you know, there's there's also, for us, we add one thing to all of this. Um, we, when it comes to the historical perspective of this, mm-hmm. we we go back to when the word was given, it was given in a specific context. How was it understood by the one who said it and by the people who heard it? Mm-hmm. Because they had the best understanding of how to apply it. And so... That that leads us to, you know, um, for instance, uh, most of our understanding of scripture is two thousand years old.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When a new movement, like let's say the Catholic Church, officially becomes the kind of the denominational Catholic Church mm-hmm. uh, after Constantine, uh, things th- things started to change in their understanding. Um, even before that, you know, baptism in the Greek is to be buried in, to be put under, to be submerged. But then um, you know late 2nd century, they start adding an addendum to the word to be sprinkled. Mm -hmm. Okay, So now if you look at at the word baptism in a a dictionary, you'll have to be buried or put under, Uh, you have, you could be to be poured upon, water poured upon you, or to be sprinkled. Mm -hmm. And there'll be some definitions of that. I don't really care what they came up with 300 years mm-hmm. after, or 1,000 years, or 1,500 years, or 2,000 years. I want to know what the word meant at the time it was written, and how was it practiced? How, what, what was the definition, and how was it practiced? Because for us, we're not trying to be progressive. Mm-hmm. We're trying to go back to the beginning. Jesus said, my, uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. He set the church up. In the New Testament, you see what the church is supposed to look like.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I'm not trying to come up with some new version that's appealing to people. Mm -hmm. We're trying to go back to what does the Word of God say? How is it applied? How is it lived out according to the definitions of those who gave it? Mm -hmm. The devil doesn't care if we use a word like church. Mm -hmm. He just likes to tweak the meaning of the word, and then therefore it loses its power. Mm -hmm. Marriage. He doesn't care if you say you're married. As long as he gets to define marriage differently than God defined it. Mm-hmm. So we always want to go back to the beginning in our church and go, what did it mean all those years ago? How did they live it out? And if it's changed, you know, whatever changes do happen, we have to go, is that is that an important change? Or is that, you know, you, know, you talk about the Bible says that women are to pray with their head covered. All right. So does that mean women have to have their head covered? Or at the time... The historical principle says at that time to have your head covered meant that you were under the authority of the leadership. So do we go, do you have to have your head covered or are you under the authority of your husband if you're married, you know, the church leaders? Um, And and if you didn't want to be under authority, if you're trying to be in rebellion, you would take off the head covering. And even, you know, Paul says, you might as well just shave your head. For a woman to do that, that is a sign of absolute rebellion in their culture. So historically, that's what it meant. What's the practical application Mm -hmm. to us today? And so but again, we want to go back to God's word as central. And so, you know, we believe that, uh, you know, 2 Timothy 3, all scripture is God-breathed. Mm-hmm. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. In other words, so that you know what God says is good and bad, righteousness. Mm-hmm. So we believe if the Bible says something's sin, it's sin. You don't get to redefine that
2: mm-hmm.
0: with some new research that somebody came up with. You know, maybe it's, uh, it, for instance, homosexuality. Homosexuality is sin.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you could say, well, people were born that way. We have new research that says people are born yeah, that way. Yeah, science, science says that. But that's not what it that's, If you go back and do the research, it's actually not true. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like so many other things. People um, create fake research or pick and choose what research they want to make a case. We see that happening all throughout the country. But pretty soon you say it enough and people just say it. Well, they're born that way. Um, you know, there's way more to it than that. hmm then just, you know, do we have genetic issues and the curse is passed on and we have attractions we wish we didn't have? And yes, because of the fall, that happens in part. Um, but but we also know that God has said, this is right and this is wrong. And whatever attractions we have towards the wrong, with God's help, accepting his authority in the word, we say, no, we're not going to live that out. We're going to reject that broken uh, attraction. It's, that, you know, homosexuality is no worse than heterosexual sex outside of marriage and Mm -hmm. you can say well i'm attracted to women so that must be okay Mm -hmm. i need to feed that no there are things that that we're attracted to that are wrong and god says they're wrong and we accept his authority and so we live at a time where people are coming up with all kinds of different new ideas and um but we were told, I, I love Jude 3, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write to urge you to contend for the faith, which was once for all entrusted to the saints. So, in other words, it had already been entrusted, and it was once for all, and the faith in t- entails both faith and practice, meaning what we believe doctrinally and how we live out our life righteously. So, um, it, it's it's, it's ha- what the church looks like. What does it look like to practice being part of the church? What does marriage look like? Mm-hmm. There's a lifestyle you live. That's why Paul says, hold your life and doctrine closely, because through it you'll be saved and so will your hearers. You know, we're told in Galatians one six, if we are an angel from heaven should come preaching a different gospel than the one we have already preached to you, past tense, mm-hmm. let them can be condemned. And, and again, the early church believed that the writings of the apostles— were given directly from God. Mm-hmm. Paul himself says, "I'm glad you see these words. This is not the words of man, but the word of God." You know that Jesus had said, "I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to remind you of everything that I've said to you." And so, that's why we hold to the to the New Testament Scripture. But we also recognize this: that Jesus, we we want to look at Scripture the way Jesus looked at Scripture. Mm-hmm. Jesus affirmed the Old Testament Scripture is coming from God, and that the Holy Spirit had carried those prophets. You know, uh, this is what 2 Peter 1 says, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, uh, though humans, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That's the New Testament guys writing about the Old Testament guys. Mm -hmm. Why did they see it that way? Well, Jesus affirmed it. I mean, here's a couple of examples. This is in uh, uh, Matthew 19. The Pharisees asked Jesus about divorce, mm-hmm. and so here's what Jesus said. Um, they said, "Well, they said, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason?" And here's what Jesus answered. Haven't you read? He replied, "That at the beginning the Creator made them male and female, and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife." What is he? What is he affirming? Moses's writings in in the book of Genesis as what God had said what God had done mm-hmm. you know you go further Matthew 22 about the resurrection of the dead Jesus said have you not read what God said to you right mm-hmm. I am the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and, and, and so and, and so he's, he's saying you know you're going to resurrect from the dead he's he's speaking to the Pharisees or to the Sadducees here who didn't believe that mm-hmm. they believe that this life was all there was he's, he's affirming scripture he did the same thing with the devil. When the devil came and tempted him Mm -hmm. uh, to turn stones into bread, he said, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He's quoting Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. Every time the devil tempted him, he said, it is written. And so the reason we see the Old Testament the way we see it is because of how Jesus saw it. Mm -hmm. Right? Jesus affirmed it. Jesus also said, I'm going to send you my apostles you know, uh, the Holy Spirit who will remind you and teach you. A lot of people use that. Does the Holy Spirit remind us and teach us? Yes. But he's, this is direct inspiration uh, from Jesus saying, I'm, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the words. And the disciples in the first church believed their words, the gospel that they were preaching came directly from God and was authoritative. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the early church accepted not just what was taught by the old testament prophets Mm -hmm. but by the new testament disciples and those who were affirmed the canon that those books that are in the canon in our bible were affirmed by were either written by an apostle or one who was affirmed by an apostle from the very beginning and so we not only accept that that list of books later on people tried to sneak other books in under fake names of the apostles but if it wasn't handed down to Mm -hmm. them by an apostle And they had seen it or one who affirmed by apostle, they didn't accept it. That's why they they set the books. Those were the ones that had always been accepted from the beginning. They didn't come up with the list 300 years later. They went, what are the books in the council? They said, what are the books that have always been accepted as scripture? Mm -hmm. And they established that because false teachers were coming in and going, well, let me add another book. This is from Thomas. Well, did anybody see Thomas write it? Well, no. How do we know? It just showed up. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even, it doesn't fit with what was already written. It's contradictory to what was already written. And so they held on to the canon. And then how to interpret that has been what was interpreted from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an issue. Right now, there's a lot of people going, hey, um, women's roles, pastors and teachers, elders, Um, for 2,000 years... That, that had been established in the church as coming from the apostles, the scriptures.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, now all of a sudden somebody says, well, we need to read it differently. We need to read it differently. And so the 1970s is the first time after 2,000 years where any sort of establishment of, of a different way of reading that comes about. So then my question is, um, if they understood something for 2,000 years, who gives us the right to change an understanding of Scripture, to create some sort of new hermeneutic, mm-hmm. new way of interpreting Scripture that um, enables them to change how the faith is practiced? And, and how much of that is being encouraged by the culture? Mm-hmm. It isn't that the words changed or that it was looked differently in the early church. It's that the culture is pressing in a, in a specific way. So we give in to pressure now from the culture. No, no, we stick to the word of God and uh, and we hold to that Mm -hmm. because he's the designer. He's the creator. He knows how he made us. Getting back to what he said is the key to discipleship, to understanding scripture, to doing things his way. And he blesses his church. He changes our lives according to his words and his understanding. He's the creator and designer and the one who gets the right to do that. Uh, Paul goes to Mars Hill. Yeah,
1: he is speaking to the Greeks. Mm-hmm. He is using their terminology, and he's using their uh, cultural norms, even their gods, right. uh, to be able to communicate to them this new gospel. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: could you make the case that um, that a lot of these churches are just trying to bridge the gap to their culture in order to win
0: them? Well, again, like I, you know... The music is different than it was back then. Mm-hmm. Today, um, you know, electric guitars instead of harps. Or, we we or, grew up with different music. We, in yeah, the we did. The question for me isn't the style of music; it's the words and the purpose of the words. Mm-hmm. Right. The Bible just tells us to sing hymns. That just means you know some people are like hymns. Yes, hymns. No, the word hymn is a song. Mm-hmm. Right. Sing songs to the Lord right. Jesus. Right. To worship Him and to and and and, and so. Yes, we have the ability to change some things. But Paul's whole point was he he walked around and he looked at all these gods in Athens. And they even had a a idol to the unknown God, because they, they were so religious they didn't want to forget someone, mm-hmm. one of them. So Ca- all catch up miscellaneous. Yeah, he, so Paul, if you read it in context, goes and says, Let me tell you about the unknown God that you've all worried you might have missed. Mm-hmm. And he goes through and he says, There is no other God than this one. Mm-hmm. he you don't need to make idol or uh, temples for him he holds the the world mm-hmm. together right and and now he demands that you believe in the one he sent so he he didn't change the the theology he just used something um and said uh you know this is the truth by using something that they would have been familiar with mm-hmm. so that's a little bit different um you know in the early church they didn't have uh Buildings, They met in houses, but as time went on and it became legal, there's nothing wrong with having a house that's designated towards ministry or a building. The early church ran away and hid in the catacombs and they would meet in the catacombs. Mm -hmm. They'd meet in the temple courts. There's nothing wrong with having a place. But if you change the, you know, and you say the building is the church rather than the people who meet there, are the church. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're changing definitions of words. There's nothing, having a building is abiblical. It's not unbiblical. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you have to meet un, in underground places or in a house because you can't have a building, great, do it. If you can't have a building, don't let the building become anything more than the tool. Right. So there are things that we can change, but there's things that we can't. Now, if some people, going back to the women's roles issue, if some people were misinterpreting scripture To mean that women were less, to be kept down, um, that they weren't as important, that they had no part to play by using some verses out of context. Well, now we go, wait a minute, because there are people who take some of what Scripture said and misuse it. And we have to go back and go, no, that's not what it actually said Women did have a part to play. Mm -hmm. They did stand in a church and pray and prophesy with their head covered in a church service. They weren't the teacher or the preacher, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean they didn't have any place that they served. They served Priscilla and Aquila, taught Apollos. They, 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 many of the women had, uh, you know, the wealthier women, they had churches in their houses. It didn't mean they were the pastor of the church in Mm -hmm. their house. They served, they were deaconesses, they ministered. So getting back to what God's word said, not take, go, doing less and not doing more, but sticking to what he said, understanding it correctly is the key to, uh, to using it correctly. The world does the reverse and views the Bible
1: and says, you know, like for instance, slavery, it talks about slavery, so then the, the world says, well then the Bible is promoting slavery because it talks about slavery.
0: Yeah, that's a great example. Um, the Bible doesn't affirm slavery; it acknowledges that it existed in the culture. And then you have to go, well, all right, well, what kind of slavery? We often go, well, the only slavery we know about is like in human trafficking, mm-hmm. or uh, what happened, you know, the tragic and despicable events of, you know, uh, preceding the Civil War, mm-hmm. and you know, even all the the stuff that happened after, and unfortunately, Christians participated in all that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they would even use, since the Bible affirmed it, we can affirm it. Uh, or excuse me, sometimes they they went to, since the Bible, you know, talks about talks that, somebody. we can do that. And you got to understand that slavery at that time, you know, probably a third of the Roman world. If you weren't Rome, you you were captured, you were slaves, and a lot of it would be what we would consider employees and employers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was some of what happened in our tragic American history, but that was not the norm. Mm -hmm. And you may have lived in a different place, you may have lived at their place, but there you had, um, you know, it was like I have a place to live, I have a job, and he wasn't, uh, Paul wasn't affirming it, in fact, you know, he talks about if you can get your freedom, get your freedom, Mm -hmm. but if you are a slave, uh, uh, an employee, or a, you know, Listen, yeah. Don't do something that God tells you you can't. Be willing to suffer, but but be a good. Do whatever you do as you do it unto the Lord. And then He really hammers those who have employees or slaves. Mm-hmm. Rather than attacking it head on, He says, "Remember, what you do, you do unto the Lord, and that slave belongs to God." Mm-hmm. You better take him into consideration. You're not harsh. You're not unfair. You're not. So rather than attacking the issue, he, he attacks the attitudes and says, no, you're all equal. In fact, the New Testament says it's the poor among you that really hear from God. It's the rich. Mm-hmm. He flips everything upside mm-hmm. down. And, and when you're a master, be a master like Jesus, that these people are human beings. It's from Scripture that all of slavery fell. It was Christians who brought it down. Yeah, there were some who called themselves Christians who, who misused Scripture to justify sin.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it was Christianity that brought, brought this down mm-hmm. and understanding that correctly. And so um, as you start to understand Scripture and its intent and how to properly read it, it makes a difference. And you got to go, okay, who's speaking? Who are they speaking to? And what's the context? For instance, back to women's roles. Mm-hmm. Listen, I nowhere in scripture does it support that women should never have been able to vote. Mm-hmm. In fact, Jesus used Mary, Magdalene, as the first testimony that he rose from the dead mm-hmm. at a time When they couldn't even be a part of the court process because they were women, they couldn't even testify. Jesus completely switched that around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he said, God's word says, yes, you're the head of your household, men. You're the leader, but what kind of leader are you to be? Like Jesus, who laid down his life. It's not a privilege, it's a responsibility to serve and care for others. Mm -hmm. So God's word says something completely different than the world believes, and that some Christians who are super immature misused it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so when it comes to like voting, the Bible mm-hmm. doesn't say that women shouldn't vote. The Bible doesn't say they can't own a business. Mm-hmm. The Bible doesn't say they can't lead in the world. He's talking about in the church, there is a, it's a family environment, and he's trying to teach uh, in the church through discipleship what does leadership look like. There is an organized structure within the church. The, mm-hmm. the, the pastor elder is like a gives the men a picture of what it looks like to serve like Jesus, to lead for the good of those around you. To the women, this is what it looks like to be um, mothers that minister to others who are he's trying to give a leadership environment so that it's in the church. They learn what was supposed to happen in the home because so many Christians, they know more about, you know, what an ungodly home looks like, then they know about what a godly one does. Mm-hmm. They, bring the, they bring their own stuff in, and he's saying, no, in the church, it's a discipleship environment where you learn what it's supposed to look like from Jesus. Jesus is our example of a leader, Jesus is our example of a follower. Mm-hmm. Jesus actually shows us what it looks like to submit to the mm-hmm. Father, and even to other authorities, mm-hmm. even though he's God. Equal value of God, he lays his life down, that's what it looks like to be a servant. If I'm serving at work as a man or a woman, if I'm serving in in, in you know uh, as a coach in in a, in a in an event, here's what it looks like to follow like Jesus. Here's what it looks like to lead like Jesus. Now let's change the home and let's change what we look like in the world as we both lead like Jesus and follow like Jesus in whatever role we're in. We're equal value, but we have different roles mm-hmm. and the context that we're in. The church context is different than the world context, mm-hmm. and we're not going to let the pressure from the world dictate what God's family and my personal family looks like. Out here, they're trying to, you know, it's all about pride and and anger and don't let anybody tell you what to do, and mm-hmm. don't submit and don't humble yourself and and be who you want to be and in the church, we're like, no, we belong to jesus mm-hmm. and and his way of loving and living is so much better, and they aren't going to impact us in here mm-hmm. and so we're going our church is going to look we're going to aspire to be that, and when we get off course and we do, we want to ask for forgiveness and get back uh, to what jesus said and and again, all the pressure about marriage and gender and all that that everybody seems to want to get into and give into is and then call themselves christians Mm -hmm. we're not going to let the the devil change the meaning of our words Mm -hmm. we're just not going to do it we're going to stick to his plan it works it changed my life it changed our life it changed the way we we live with each other and again i know there are people who call themselves christians that don't allow the god's word to dictate the terms of their life but they still want to call themselves christians and they make jesus look bad and i'm sorry And then people react against that Mm -hmm. or overreact. I don't want to be like them. Yeah. And what we want to do is go, no, we want to be what God actually says we're supposed to be. Because there's beauty in that. Not just for the rest of the world to see, but it changes our lives. and, And it all comes down to God's word is a light into our path. God's spirit does a work in our life. God is the architect. Jesus said, for the man who hears my words and puts them into practice like a man who builds his house on the rock. When the rain comes, when the wind comes, the man on the rock who built his house on Jesus's words, uh, that, that, that house stands firm. That's a wise builder. There's a lot of people who hear his words and don't put them into practice. And mm-hmm. so when the wind and it crashes in a world of instability, God's word is what we stand on because it was given by the Holy Spirit. God's presence lives in us as we accept Christ and, and walk with him and we experience a different way of life. As long as we don't uh,
1: make our frame of reference, their frame of reference and actually change the words. We, we are standing on God's word but it's actually what God said not what I think it said.
0: Yeah, so I don't really care about your definition of a word 2,000 years later. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember when gay meant happy. Yeah right? Um, We have people that are consistently marriage. When we started this church, we didn't put Mm -hmm. a a marriage doctrine. It's between a man and a woman because that was totally accepted in our society. 20 years ago, 15 years ago, we had to go up. Now that they've changed the meaning of the word, we have to lay down what the word actually means marriage. What was God's version of that? And we will not change it. According to the culture. Does, again, do I think homosexuality is worse than heterosexual sin or lying or gossip or slander? No. The reason we talk about it more is because right now the world is trying to make us mm-hmm. change our definition. So we're dealing with that. If they all of a sudden came back to us and said, stealing doesn't mean stealing anymore. Mm-hmm. We, it's okay to steal. We think you should steal. We'd go, No. No, here's the definition of stealing, taking something that doesn't belong to you, and we're not going to let you change that. And And so, again, the reason that's coming up is only because the pressure is on in that area. Mm-hmm. But we're going to stick to God's word in every area. Right, which is why, uh, Jim, thanks for this talk. Uh,
1: it is at the top of our doctrinal statement because regardless of what cultural changes are in the future,
2: Real Life Ministries is going to stand on God's word. Mm-hmm.